2: the desert, bear man. I breathe the mountain
0: there, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800 387 8025. That's 1 800 387 8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa.
3: Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World, the nation's most widely syndicated radio travel show. And I underlined the word travel last hour. We looked at the running aground of the Costa Concordia through the eyes of a cruise industry analyst, from the perspective of a travel insurance executive. We also cast a fish eye on the upcoming celebrations, and I underline that word too, of the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. This hour, our cruise expert, Paul Motter of CruiseMates.com, approaches what happened late that Friday night in the waters off the Tuscan coast in a different way than almost all the media coverage I've seen this past week. He's a former crew member, by the way. He used to work on cruise ships and uh, before he started his blog. It's his opinion the ship could have done a couple of things to avoid the loss of life. I think what he will have to say to us in just a few moments will fascinate you. We'll also meet this hour a maritime lawyer who will, us, who will help us understand what laws apply to ships at sea. I'm going to ask him this question. Will it take lawsuits to learn what really happened aboard the coast of Concordia? Attorney Richard Alsina joins the discussion from his office in Miami. And we'll review the annual compilation of the world's most ethical destinations for 2012. What countries treat the environment and their people better than others and are deserving of your support as a traveler? Jeff Greenwald is the executive director of EthicalTraveler.org. He'll be my guest later this hour. Uh, as I said, Paul Motter is the editor of the website called CruiseMates.com. He's a former, uh, former ship crew member on, on a cruise ship. And he joins us from time to time to discuss the industry. This week, Paul has posted a series of provocative columns, one of which suggested if the, shoes, uh, excuse me, the ship's crew had acted promptly after it hit the rocks uh, by halting the ship, there may have been no loss of life. Am I summarizing one of your conclusions correctly, Paul?
1: Yes, you are summarizing it correctly. It's not so much that I said the crew acted properly. Um, what I said is the crew, we have to... Delineate between crew and uh, I think I meant, pro- did
3: I say properly? <laughs> uh, I right. meant promptly, Paul.
1: <laughs> well, okay, either way, it, the, the, my premise is the same. We have to understand the difference between the officers who were supposed to be in charge of running the evacuation, who apparently were not there or else got there late, or they weren't the people originally who were supposed to do it. But crew members are assigned simple tasks, like um, secure people's life jackets and direct them to the lifeboats. So crew members are not there to run the lifeboat drill or to evacuate the ship. They really don't, are not trained to do that until an officer shows up to run the operation.
3: But when, when the ship hit these rocks, there was a huge bump to the ship. Um, the First came the story, was an electrical outage, uh, no big deal if you're the right. captain, you got to know you hit something. What should the captain have done immediately?
1: Exactly. There are, there's, um, there's a new treaty called the um, Safety of Life at Sea, SOLAS Treaty, that has a concept called the ship as the lifeboat, which says you're supposed to leave passengers on board a ship until they can be evacuated safely. Now, that's what they did with the Carnival Splendor when it di- went dead in the water off the coast of Mexico. The question with Costa Concordia is, was it a sinking ship? And that has not been answered yet, but it hasn't sunk yet. And that was, that was a tear, but the ships have watertight compartments, so we don't know if that ship was actually sinking. But in any case, the first thing, either way, should have been to stop the ship, send out a mayday, and then perhaps get the ship towed to a safe harbor, but to keep it upright. The captain never should have turned that ship around, which caused it to tilt, and headed towards shore where it lifted against the shore and continued to, to slip. That was a big mistake.
3: This, I don't know if this is possible for you to answer, but if everyone had stayed aboard the ship, even given its present situation, so to speak, um, could they have been evacuated safely, most of them?
1: Yes. SOLAS the standards say that a ship has to be made to be evacuated in 30 minutes.
3: And it's and like this it. and and after hitting the rock, about an hour passed or something, didn't it? Before a real mayday went out, or forty minutes?
1: Forty minutes before the ship actually hit the shore, they say yes. So yeah, if he had stopped immediately, theoretically, they could have evacuated the
3: ship. Oh goodness, um, well, I don't know where to begin with that. I mean, was it just someone trying to see what cover themselves by? by saying, oh, it's an electrical thing, and then the crew member, you know, not sending out an SOS, et cetera?
1: Yes, all along. A, a lot of captains have, have beached ships successfully. If a ship gets damaged, if you can get it onto a soft sandbar, you know, it won't sink. That, that's a, a safe thing to do, and it's actually done m- more commonly than you might think. Um, and I think that's what he was trying to do, was cover himself by getting that ship beached.
3: And not causing any undued, undue attention or right. not bringing. Yeah, exactly. So this guy, I mean, I, you know, he really has been demonized, except for recently when this uh, Moldavian woman came and said, oh, he saved 3,000 people, he was doing his best. Um, yeah.
1: Unfortunately, her story is not holding up. Really? Well, her timeline is off. She's saying the captain was on board the ship until nearly the last person was off, and we know that's not true.
3: So he he's he is the goat here for lack of a better word isn't he?
1: It really does look like it, yes.
3: Were you ever when you worked on a ship did you ever have any emergency? I know probably not as dramatic yes. as this.
1: Yeah. Um I had the regular training that a regular crew member gets and I worked 20 years ago. I understand it's more extensive now. But I had about 2 hours of how to how to work a fire extinguisher and how to put on life jackets, how to do CPR. And I was given a post where I was supposed to stand at a lifeboat boarding place, and I knew how to open up the doors and assist people in getting on board the boats. But I wasn't tra- trained how to do anything else like lower the lifeboats or anything like that. I have been in lifeboats and gone down to the water
3: and, and rowed around. There were two problems you mentioned in one of your columns. One was the number of languages spoken by guests because of the nature of this cruise line. Uh, right. Who solicit uh, um, passengers from the u s and Europe, and the second was that because of the way the built the the tilt of the boat finally wound up, i mean half the lifeboats were on that upper part and, and couldn 't be lowered is that right
1: yeah absolutely the the lifeboats are gravity controlled, and so they need a clear passage down to the water and the ones on the the uh, tilted the side tilted the wrong way were getting caught up probably on the promenade deck. But lifeboats are usually mounted on the deck above the deck where passengers load the lifeboats. So they have to come down, and at that point they were probably getting stuck.
3: Would you have have jumped in the water and swum to the shore?
1: uh, One more thing. Lifeboats are also made to self-release, and I think when they were lowering some of those boats, if they got caught on something going down, they self-released, and that's why some of them tilted. Um, But would I have jumped in the water? In that situation, if I saw the water close enough, I may have, because I'm a very good swimmer. But I, I fear that most of the people missing may have tried to to swim to shore. We don't know yet.
3: Well, Paul, thank you for joining us. I know you'll be watching this closely. We may have you back on as this story develops. Paul Mader is the editor of CruiseMates.com. Take care, Paul. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. We'll be right back here in Rudy Max's World when we're going to talk to, uh, we're going to find out where the most ethical destinations are and whether they deserve your support as a traveler.
0: Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. My wireless internet bill was really adding up. So to save some money, I just use my neighbor's unpassword-protected
1: Wi-Fi for free. It's unpassword-protected because the signal doesn't go outside of the house. Now get off my couch. Not to mention, I recharge my laptop for free. Mm Mm-hmm, not free. And while I wait for all my downloads, they really need more bandwidth. I just grab a soda. Not much of a diet fan, but beggars can't be choosers. You're not begging, you're just choosing. Neighbors are great.
4: There's an easier way to save. Get online. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
1: I have this dizzy feeling every time I get out of bed, like spinning. I don't know why it's awful. I get dizzy when I read or work on the computer. I get lightheaded, walking down a hall or aisle. Or unsteady on my feet. I lose my balance and get a little motion sick.
4: It's like vertigo. That dizzy feeling in a car, train, or airplane.
1: Now there's Zyvestra. An amazing...
4: Dual action tabs and targeted cream. You
1: rub behind your ear. Behind your ear. And the ingredients have traditionally been recognized to work in a homeopathic way to relieve dizziness. That dizzy feeling... God. They relieve that vertigo feeling. Zyvestra is amazing. Relieve dizziness and queasiness.
2: Enjoy life with better balance. Call right now for your risk-free trial of Zyvestra. Call 1-800-304-1684. 800-304-1684. Stop the dizziness. Call 800-304-1684. That's 800-304-1684. Imagine
3: this. You're enjoying a well-deserved vacation and then, boom, disaster strikes. There's an earthquake, a tsunami, or political upheaval such as last year's crisis in Egypt. Who would you call for help? A deluxe membership from OnCall International provides the vital help you need when your destination becomes unsafe. OnCall International will quickly get you out of danger and evacuate you home, all covered by your membership. Learn more by calling 800-575-5014 or go to OnCallInternational.com or RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors.
0: The telephone number to call the program is 800 387 8025. That's 1 800 387 8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com.
3: Here again is Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour. Ethical Traveler is a group that, a nonprofit group, whose goal is to identify destinations that are working to protect human rights and the environment. And to encourage travelers to support those destinations with their vacation spending. They run a website called ethicaltraveler.org, and every year they release a list of, uh, of 10 tourism destinations whose accomplishments in the areas of environmental protection and social welfare and human rights have impressed the folks at Ethical Traveler. We welcome Jeff Greenwald to the show. He's the executive director and co- reporter, the co-author of the new Best Ethical Destinations list for 2012. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the show.
4: Hi. Good to be here.
3: All right. Yeah, some, some, some countries dropped off the list from last year. Some new ones were added. Why don't we start with who you've listed as the top 10 most ethical destinations or best ethical, ethical destinations for 2012. And these oh, are in maybe. alphabetical order, not in, not in terms of merit, right?
4: Right. They're just listed alphabetically. This is the, we really didn't think that one was you know, that much better than the other. They all have great things going and they all have their problems. But in, in alph- alphabetical order, the 10 countries that made the list this year, and remember, these are all countries in the developing world, okay, um, are Argentina, surprisingly the Bahamas, Chile, which has almost always been on the list, Costa Rica, which almost always makes the list, the little country of Dominica, Latvia made the list once again. Um, this time, Mauritius made the list in Africa. Uh, Palau, little island nation of Palau, Serbia, and once again Uruguay, which has made the list many, many times, and I think is really uh, a, a country that not enough people <laughs> really travel to. I mean, Uruguay has a lot going for it. Really, so what, what are, are they doing
3: those... down in what are they doing down in Uruguay? That's not a country that gets a lot of coverage. I actually going there on holiday in a little while, but and have been there uh, a couple times. But what's going on there that caught your attention?
4: Um, there's quite a few things about uh, Uruguay that are, that are happening. There have to be. I mean, in all the different you know, things that we look at, we look at over 35 different indexes, um, they have an incredibly great uh, coral reef conservation program. They have wonderful water quality and uh, forestry protection. They've got great, um, great health care for little kids. They've, uh, you know, wiping out malnutrition. They're vaccinating all kids under five. They're resettling thousands of people who are living in in, in, in shanty towns. Um, but what's kind of interesting is that uh, Freedom House. There's a group called Freedom House that rates political rights and civil liberties, and um, also press freedom. And of all the countries, um, of all the countries that we looked at, Uruguay re- received the highest rating be on, on these lists. I mean, they are a a, a tremendously uh free and progressive country.
3: So I don't that's, think it gets you know, I don't think it gets enough ink little old Uruguay.
4: I don't think they do either and I think they they, they should. And then there's, you know, people go well, what what is there in Uruguay? Why should I go to Uruguay? What's there to see? And um you know, there are definitely um beautiful shorelines and there's the gaucho country, there's great cycling, uh beautiful beautiful parks with marshes, abundant bird life, uh, even venomous snakes, if that turns you on. Um, there's just, <laughs> there's just a, lot, a lot going on there. You know, you look at these countries and you see the headlines from time to time, these little places like Palau or Mauritius or Uruguay. But when you start investigating them in depth like, uh, like we do, you see that you know, they, a lot of them really, really take things like human rights and environmental protection much more seriously than, than you would almost even believe.
3: Did you say and you were surprised to see the Bahamas on the list?
4: Uh yeah, I mean I always think of Bahamas basically as like a you know as kind of like a um just a a tur- basic tourism destination. I, I think quite literally the Bahamas is where my parents went for their honeymoon. Right. You know, like uh many 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 years ago. But and, and they're, they're of course an island an island nation, but they've got you know they've got a, a lot going on too in terms of um in terms of what they do. They've banned all shark fishing from their water. Uh, which is, you know, there are a lot of reasons countries don't do that. They get a lot of kickbacks from Taiwanese and Chinese, uh, Japanese fleets for fishing for sharks. But they've they've absolutely banned shark uh, shark fishing. Um, they were the, the highest um, highest ranked country for human human development, better than Chile, which has been on the
3: list almost every year. What does so human, hmm? human development mean, What is What does human development mean?
4: You know, that's sort of a wow. That that's a that's a really big sort of catch-all thing. It basically has to do with, um, you know, with, with things like uh, education and um, child mortality and uh, how you know clean access to clean drinking water, uh, you know, things like that. There's a whole group of of things that come under that that sort of you know uh, umbrella of human development.
3: My guess is. is- I'm sorry. I'm just going to re-identify you, Jeff. For listeners who might have just tuned in, we're talking with Jeff Greenwald. He's the executive director, and he's co-author of a report called "The World's Ten Best Ethical Destinations." It's something the nonprofit group Ethical Traveler does each year, um, and it looks at developing countries. And with with about I don't know about th- uh, how many criteria do you use to uh, uh, to come up with your list, Jeff? There's
4: about there's about thirty, and you know we were. We were talking about the Bahamas, and you know, a couple of examples of, of the different lists we look at for the Bahamas were, you know, civil liberties, the highest possible score. Um, uh, basically, they sponsored the Caribbean HIV conference in November. They banned the shark fishing, so it's environmental. And one other thing that's important to us, although it's not our focus, you know, the whole issue of gay and lesbian rights uh, in countries in many many countries around the world, especially the developing world, gay and lesbian. Uh, Behavior is criminalized, and we will not pick any country that actively uh, enforces such laws. But um, Bahamas, you know, went went further, and they actually passed a resolution affirming equal rights for gay, lesbian, bisexual, and and transgender couples. Um, So uh, you know, they've gone that that further. They take they've gone that further step. So we look at we look at things like that, and you know, press freedoms, and we make our decisions.
3: It's interesting but, that that you have so many Latin American and South American countries on here because historically they were, you know, known for their police states and jackboot treatment of anybody who didn't like what was going on.
4: It's true. And um, you know, that that I mean, look at the places like Serbia and Latvia which are on our list here sure. too. I mean, they never would have they never would have made it. In one of our, you know, South Africa was on one of our early lists, I think in 2006. But that you know, most of the developing countries in the world really are in Latin America in Africa and in Asia. Uh, So far, I don't think, except for Sri Lanka back in 2006, I don't think any Asian country has ever made our ethical destinations list. There's just um, too much corruption, too many bad practices in in business and so forth. But the South American countries and um, a lot of the African countries often do make the list. And I think part of it is good models of other nearby countries like Chile or Ghana or so forth rub off on them and show them the what's possible economically if you do run a clean ship. Well
3: yeah. now if a country drops off the list, you mentioned Sri Lanka was on Sri Lanka was on what in six or something. Does that mean they have have uh backslid?
4: Yeah, it kind of means that they they backslid off the list. That happened to to Belize as well uh, this year. It means that you know they had something that seemed like a good thing—a kind of environmental protection or, you know, a, a good civil society, human rights. Corruption could have been introduced to the country. There could have been some bad politicians who took power. Um, they could have overturned some environmental regulations that they were going forward with or not taken ones that they promised to do seriously enough. And we track these things. And when that happens, we remove them from the list.
3: Ah, so it is possible to fall off the list for malfeasance in your eyes, anyway, or the, the judge's Absolutely. eyes. Absolutely.
4: Uh, it's totally possible, and many countries do.
3: <laughs> and do you have anecdotal evidence from folks who who read your website that they choose a country based partly on your ethical destinations list?
4: Uh, we get occasional thank you notes from people saying thanks for helping us plan our trip this year. We're always looking for someplace new and different to visit, and we had, for instance, we'd never thought of going to Latvia, you know, right. but this year we're gonna we're gonna go to Latvia. I mean, which just won the Eden Award for sustainable tourism and is you know has a tremendously Beautiful variety of places for travelers to visit. Um, a lot of people would like to visit Palau, but it's it's expensive. So they, you know, they maybe they would have gone to some place like the Maldives, but now they'll change their trip and go to Palau because uh, they have such an incredible program for preserving their water and their coral reefs.
3: All right, we should mention that if you'd like to receive a regular newsletter from Ethical Ethical Traveler, go to ethicaltraveler.org. How often does that newsletter come out?
4: Uh, Once a month, we put out a newsletter featuring original news stories that are of interest to travelers, and um, we've got a great reporting staff, so I really recommend people read that newsletter.
3: Excellent, Jeff. I thank you for joining us.
4: Thanks for having me.
3: Jeff Greenwald is the executive director and report co-author of the world's 10 best ethical destinations for 2012. Let me run down the list Uh, while we have about 10 seconds left. Argentina, the Bahamas, Chile, Costa Rica, Dominica, Latvia, Mauritius, Palau in the South Pacific, Serbia, and Uruguay are the uh, 2012 uh, winners for the ethicaltraveler.org uh, list, and that is in alphabetical order, not by any sort of particular ranking. We'll be right back in just a moment. We're going to talk with a maritime personal injury lawyer about the Costa Concordia.
0: To talk to Rudy Maxa at 800 387 8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com.
3: Imagine this you're enjoying a well deserved vacation and then, boom, disaster strikes. There's an earthquake, a tsunami, or political upheaval such as last year's crisis in Egypt. Who would you call for help? A deluxe membership from On Call International provides the vital help you need when your destination becomes unsafe. OnCall International will quickly get you out of danger and evacuate you home, all covered by your membership. Learn more by calling 800-575-5014 or go to oncallinternational.com or rudymaxa.com and look under sponsors.
0: As a proud father of
5: five daughters, I knew someday the wedding bells would be ringing, ringing my wallet dry. So in order to save some money, I decided that all of their special days... Would be on the same
0: day. I
1: can't believe this. I can't believe what? I've been engaged for 10 years waiting for you. It's only because you took the first one to come along. Take that back. Justin's a good girls, man. Girls,
0: this is no
4: time to bicker. It's go time, ladies! There's an easier way to save. Get online. Go to geico.com. Get a quote. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
0: participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to rudymaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa.
3: This segment of the program is brought to you by the good folks at On Call International. We all know that sometimes the unexpected happens while traveling. If and when it does, protect yourself with a reasonably priced annual membership from On Call International. They provide the best assistance you'll need during an unforeseen medical or travel emergency or even a situation like social unrest. From unexpected illnesses to life-threatening accidents, delayed luggage, or legal woes, OnCall International gives you the help you'll need to return home or get back to enjoying your trip. For more info, go to oncallinternational.com or log on to rudymaxa.com and click on Sponsors. Right on the page, we've got a hot link to them. Richard Alsina is a plaintiff's maritime personal injury lawyer. He's based in Miami with the firm Lipcon, Margolis, Alsina, and Winkleman. Um, and I asked him to join us today, obviously, in the wake of the Costa Concordia uh, accident, uh, Richard. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on.
5: Uh, welcome, Rudy. Nice to be with you again.
3: Now, let, let me let me ask you a question that uh, a couple people have raised: that, that ships that have to call on U.S. ports are governed by the uh, by U.S. Coast Guard, or at least inspected by U.S. Coast Guard, and that therefore they are the safest ships in the world to book a cruise on. Is that a general truism or not?
5: Yes, it is a general truism. Our Coast Guard is probably the strictest around, and if you come into a U.S. port, you do have to comply with all Coast Guard regulations.
3: All right. Who is keeping an eye on all these ships elsewhere in the world, like, for example, the Costa Concordia?
5: Uh, no one really. When a vessel's out in international waters, there is nobody that is controlling it. So you would look to the flag of the vessel, Panama, Liberia. You know, whichever flag it's flying, those are the laws that apply when that vessel's in international waters.
3: Why are so many ships flagged with weird places? I don't mean weird places, but, you know, I don't think a lot of ships spend a lot of time calling on Liberia. Um, correct
5: they're called flags of convenience and the reason is precisely to get around uh, taxes safety regulations uh work condition regulations these are countries that basically give safe harbor to cruise ships in order in exchange for income from them and therefore make it easier for them to function work because basically they call the shots
3: that doesn't exactly cheer me up, Richard.
5: <laughs> no, it, it, most people that find out about it aren't very cheered up about it, but unfortunately that's the way it is.
3: Okay. The, the Costa Concordia, you, uh, I'm sure, have been involved in, in, in many legal issues. Well, I know you have because that's your job, legal envis- issues involving ships. Correct. Is this, is this going to be something that's, uh, that's going to get very complicated and go on for a long time?
5: It is going to get complicated, and it probably will go on for a long time. Fortunately, from the research that I have, Italian law is quite favorable when it comes to compensation. Also, the grapevine is saying that the vessels insured for $500 million. Uh, spread about among 28 different insurers, and the deductible is only 10 million for the corporation. So, cost us on the hook for the first 10 million, then it goes to the various insurances that it has. And when I say 500 million, that's for everything. That's for the whole, the machinery, the bedding, the passengers, the works.
3: Have you heard from anybody who was a passenger who survived on this trip, or who, who maybe, who maybe may a family of someone missing?
5: Yes, we've been in contact with uh, several passengers and several crew members that survived the ordeal. Uh, some people are, you know, have gotten uh, very, very fortunate and are basically saying to me, listen, all I have is property damages. Is it even worth my while? And under the ticket, they really don't even need a lawyer. The ticket provides for and has limitations as to what you can get on property damage, such as your luggage, you know, things like that. Other people obviously have not been as, as fortunate and do have a personal injury and serious personal injuries.
3: And that that might require legal uh, uh, action. Those people,
5: yes, those people that have personal injury should definitely contact a maritime personal injury lawyer. Uh, in the United States to coordinate with whatever was going to be happening in Italy. You know, just like there's good and bad lawyers here, there's good and bad lawyers in Italy, and, and most people in the United States don't know who the good ones are, so the, the U.S. lawyer would be doing the screening process for you to make sure you get to a good Italian firm and would work closely with that firm.
3: And, of course, anybody whose family suffered uh, the loss of a family member obviously would be seeking uh, legal help at this point.
5: Absolutely. If anyone has lost a, a loved one, uh, they, they need to hire an attorney to be able to you know, get – it never makes up for the loss, obviously, but at least it will get you some compensation uh, under the laws that apply.
3: Do you think – do you have any sense – we only got a minute left, Richard – whether the Italian government is going to get to the bottom of this and actually have a full timeline accurate of what happened, or do you think that, uh, in fact, legal cases will help bring some of this to light?
5: The history has been that through lawsuits uh, is how you really get to it, because it's very difficult to hide the truth when you've got people suing, and, you know, making a point of wanting to know what's going on. So I think in the end it will all come out. Uh, I don't think the Italian government is going to hide anything, but I'm sure that the lawyers won't allow them to even if they wanted to.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, so, well, we may check in with you down the road as, as the situation becomes more clear and if you get more involved in the case. I really thank you for joining us today, Richard. My pleasure. Richard Alcina is an attorney based in Miami. He's a plaintiff's maritime personal injury lawyer with the firm Lipcon, Margolis, Alcina, and Winkleman. And in fact, as I recall, uh, uh, one of his partners has written a book. I'll get you the title in just a second. Uh, Chuck Lipcon, one of the the senior partners of that law firm, has written a book called Unsafe on the High Seas. You can pick it up at Amazon for about $15. We'll be right back. We're going to go to Western Ireland with travel adventure explorer, journalist Richard Bangs.
0: Rudy Maxa's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at rudymaxa.com. If you're like me, you have personal belongings that you hold dear. Belongings you can't live without. It's precisely why GEICO makes it easy to get renter's insurance for a really low rate. Renters can protect all their personal belongings for as little as $12 a month. What belongings do I hold dear? This karaoke machine and my vinyl record collection. You fancy a tune?
1: Nah, I shouldn't.
0: All right then.
4: Are you going to Scarborough Fair?
0: Visit Geico.com to see how affordable renters insurance can be.
2: Heritage for the
1: blind reminds you to be kind. There's something you can do for those who depend on you. Call one eight. charity and your donation is tax deductible whether your car runs or not we'll tow it away for free and as a special thank you you'll receive a free three-day hotel voucher to one of many exciting locations so be a star donate your car call 1-800 donate cars or call 1-800-555-6689 and remember you can prevent blindness by getting your eyes checked annually call 1-800- I have this dizzy feeling every time I get out of bed, like spinning. I don't know why. It's awful. I get dizzy when I read or work on the computer.
3: I get lightheaded,
1: walking down a hall or aisle. Or unsteady on my feet. I lose my balance and get a little motion sick. It's like vertigo. That dizzy
4: feeling in a car, train, or airplane. Now there's Zyvestra.
1: An amazing...
4: Dual action tabs and targeted cream. You rub behind your ear.
1: Behind your ear. And the ingredients have traditionally been recognized to work in a homeopathic way to relieve dizziness. That dizzy feeling... God. They relieve that vertigo feeling. Zyvestra is amazing. Relieve dizziness and queasiness.
4: Enjoy life with
2: better balance. Call right now for your risk-free trial of Zyvestra. Call 1-800-304-1684. 800-304-1684. Stop the dizziness. Call 800-304-1684. That's 800-304-1684.
3: Imagine this. You're enjoying a well-deserved vacation, and then boom, disaster strikes. There's an earthquake, a tsunami, or political upheaval, such as last year's crisis in Egypt. Who would you call for help? A deluxe membership from On Call International provides the vital help you Need when your destination becomes unsafe. OnCall International will quickly get you out of danger and evacuate you home, all covered by your membership. Learn more by calling 800 575 5014 or go to OnCallInternational.com or RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors.
0: Question or comment? Need advice? Jump on board now by calling the show at 800-387-8025 or visit the show anytime at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy max's
3: World. Welcome back. It's 43 minutes after the hour so uh, regular listeners will know that a couple of months ago we broadcast a couple of shows in Western Ireland and one morning I went down for breakfast at I think it was Dromoland Castle, wasn't it Anna? Dromoland Castle and ran into my buddy Richard Bangs at the uh, at the breakfast buffet, and I said, what are you doing over here? And uh, he was making some short videos of Western Island. Richard Bangs is a pioneer in travel and technology. He co-founded the company Mountain Travel Sobeck. You may be very familiar with that. If not, you ought to be. It's a great adventure travel company. He was also part of the founding executive team of Expedia.com, and I know you've heard of that. And he founded and ran travel content sites for MSNBC, Slate, Yahoo, and MSN. You can check out more at RichardBangs.com. He's written a lot of books on travel. And uh, so there he was over in Western Ireland. And he just sent me an email this week. Said, "Okay, the videos are up, and you can actually see them if you have an interest in that part of the world." Thought I'd uh, have. Did you enjoy that part of of Ireland as much as I did, Richard?
2: (laughs) I think more so.
3: I stayed longer. That's true. You did stay longer. I, I looked at a couple of the videos. Uh, let me, uh, you know, actually, let me give you give the website for some of them. Go to Vimeo Pro. That's spelled V-I-M-E-O. Vimeo dot com forward slash Richard Bangs, just like it sounds. Forward slash Western hyphen Ireland. A uh, little 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 uh, little later today, I will uh, put that uh, a link to that on my Facebook page at Rudy Maxa dash TV show. Okay now now that we've got all the logistics out of the way, Richard what struck you about western Ireland uh and and made you fall in love with it? I gotta admit I'm in the same boat, but uh, I'd like to hear how you, what you liked about it
2: yeah, yeah, it was a good boat um. Well, I, I was particularly interested in this concept called crack, which you, um, which you no doubt uh, came across when you were there. It's a, it's sort of a, a subterranean word that is bantered around all the time, and it means everything to the Irish and very little to anybody outside of Ireland because it's a, it's almost like a secret. It's almost like a code or something. Uh, so ours was the quest for crack, for the
3: Irish crack. And that's spelled C R A I C, by the way
2: it is but you know pronounced like uh, like the drug yeah and,
3: and what, what does recently, crack mean in in terms of western ireland in terms of ireland <laughs> well
2: uh, i think i think because of of the um of the of the um, uh, the, the association with uh, with other things it's not widely broadcast outside of ireland although they love it and it really is um it's a bit elusive but it really is uh, is a it's a sense of fun and um uh, and you know wonderment and enjoyment and the spirit that they that they uh, enjoy throughout throughout the country.
3: I think it also comes from their storytelling tradition. Going to a pub and telling stories and singing songs. I think that that all comes under that umbrella of crack. Uh, it it uh, was my understanding very much,
2: as well. Very much, very much so. so. You know, there's history and then there are Irish stories, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, uh and they're very good at spinning the tail and uh and many of many of our great folk tales have Irish origins and and in fact as you well know I think there are forty million or more Americans who have Irish heritage, uh and there are only six million Irish and uh and much of much of our culture has been influenced by the uh by the Irish who came here during the um the potato famine.
3: Well I appreciated learning about crack when I was there b- for because I've now noticed on Irish bars, and as you know, it seems like every village and not to mention city in the world has got an Irish bar. Um, uh, often they'll have sort of over the in signage over the windows, they'll have you know whiskey, uh, fare, and music. CRAIC.
2: Right, music and crack. You know? And was, I remember uh, seeing
3: that and going, what, "What must be some Irish word for something? You know, for right. beer? People, I don't know." Uh, yeah, and it's, now it's we crack, know what tastic. crack is.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and people say, you know, it's super crack, it's savage crack, it's, uh, it's hyper crack, you know, every, every possible permutation uh, of crack is used to, to, uh, to talk about how much fun they have. And, and, and the pub is, it was a very, very deep and resonant part of that whole thing.
3: I thought Western Ireland uh, might have, if it, if it had to get a travel slogan, it might be something like, Ireland as it used to be, because it's still so rugged and wild, and the people are, couldn't be more hospitable.
2: Yeah, particularly in Western Island. I mean, it's, uh, it's sort of grand nature and it's showcased. There are no high-rises there. It's, it's still undeveloped and it's still magical. And the light, of course, is, is ethereal, and it's like something out of a dream, as you know. Uh, and, of course, it's got the Atlantic that sort of pounds against these giant cliffs, the Cliffs of Moher, where I know you went, the Cliffs of Insanity, they call them as well. Uh, and it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a magical place.
3: And your, your videos capture it. I mean, the color is so rich, and the light is so gorgeous, There, so you guys did a great job, and I appreciate your bringing, bringing them to our attention.
2: Yeah, we had incredible weather, as you know. Um, uh, very often they say it only rained twice last week, uh, once for four days and once for three. But we, uh, <laughs> we actually had, um, had spectacular weather throughout, so
3: it yeah, shows man. in the videos. All right. I am going to put a link to those videos at Facebook under Rudy Maxa-TV show uh, later today. And uh, you can go and find the link. Hey, Richard, thanks for joining us. All right, Rudy. Good Good to talk. Check out RichardBangs.com for more information about Richard. We'll be right back. I'll have some deals of the week for you.
0: join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at RudyMaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World.
3: 52 after the hour. Hey, industry and government inspectors have found cracks in the wings of the world's A380 aircraft built by that European consortium Airbus. A380 is a new super jumbo jet that features a two-story passenger deck. No problem. Nobody's in any danger. These are very small things, and they it's very customary when a new plane goes into service to find little things that need to be fixed, and they're being fixed. Uh, this is part of evolving maintenance programs that are meant to detect unexpected structural issues. Uh, the fissures in the plane's wing components, there are 5,600 of these brackets in question on each plane. Uh, this is separate from the hairline cracks found on several A380s earlier. Neither flaw will impact the airline's safety, and the brackets are in, and uh Airline cracks are being replaced now. There are 68 A380s now flying with seven airlines. I didn't know there were that many, by the way. Southwest Airlines announced it was keeping 22 destinations that are part of the AirTran network. The two airlines, of course, are in the process of merging operations under the Southwest name. But by August 11th, the following cities are going to lose their flights from Southwest slash AirTran. Allentown, Pennsylvania, Lexington, Kentucky, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Sarasota, Florida, Huntsville, Alabama, And White Plains, New York. So, if you're holding an AirTran ticket to or from any of those cities after August 11th, because you planned way ahead, call the airline for a refund. Um, All right, let's uh, check a couple deals of the week here for you. Let's see, got uh, got Valentine's Day coming up, so we have some nice deals for Valentine's Day from some hotels. The Windsor Court Hotel in New Orleans, you probably know the name, one of the most famous hotels. In New Orleans just finished the $22 million renovation. It's got a Valentine's uh, evening deal. It's actually good for February 12th, 13th, or the 14th. $400. All right, but here's what you get. You get a full suite, not a double room, a suite. You'll be greeted with a couple glass. Well, you don't have to be greedy with a couple of glasses of champagne. You can buy them at the hotel bar. You'll also have a four-course dinner for two in the grill room. And in your room upon check-in will be a dozen roses and chocolate-covered strawberries. So if there's somebody in your life you'd like to impress down in New Orleans, the Windsor Court Hotel. Again, $400 a night for either February 12th, 13th, or 14th. You get a suite, a couple glasses of champagne, a four-course dinner for two, dozen roses, chocolate-covered strawberries. I go just for the chocolate-covered strawberries. Trump Hotel has got a, a seasonal sale going on, not particularly relative to Valentine's Day. Uh, there's an opening special for the new Trump Hotel in Toronto. It just opened uh, last week, I believe. You'll get a complimentary upgrade to a suite when you reserve a superior room plus a $50 credit for use in the spa or hotel restaurant. In Panama, got to get to Panama. I want to see Panama badly. The Trump Panama will give you round-trip air transportation, daily breakfast, dinner for two, and a couple's massage, along with your regular roommate. In Chicago, the very luxurious uh, Trump Chicago, I've uh, stayed there now twice, and really, uh, quite a hotel. You'll get 30% off spa treatments, daily continental breakfast, free valet parking. Now, that free valet parking is nothing to sniff at. Uh, Last time I was there, I said, how much is the valet parking? Uh, it's about $50 a day. So, it's a good deal. The Trump Soho in New York City will give you 25% off on a 3-night stay through the end of March. Trump Las Vegas give you 15% off on a 2-night stay, 20% off on a 3-night stay, 25% off if you stay 4 nights or more. And in the Trump the Trump Wa- Waikiki in Hawaii, just about just across the street from the beach, if you book by uh, January 31st, you'll save 25% if you go to the Trump Waikiki. Um, in Rome, if, uh, if you'd like to take your uh, Valentine love to Rome, the Rome Cavallari, which is a Waldorf Astoria hotel and resort, part of the luxury part of the Hilton chain, uh, they've got quite a setup for you. They give you uh, uh, a night at a deluxe standard room view, a bottle of champagne, chocolate in room, breakfast buffet, a three-course dinner at their restaurant, including wine selected by the sommelier, a spa package including a Turkish bath, a couple of massages, a couple of scrubs, a couple of papaya facial masks, a couple of cocktails in the grand spa cafe. That's what I call a spa someplace that serves cocktails, 680 euros for a deluxe standard view room. I know that sounds expensive, but, uh, so I had about what, 27% now, 30% for uh, conversion to the dollar. So it's about $880. I know that sounds scary, but, uh, it's a lovely hotel up on the Hill, looking down on Rome. And, uh, you get the breakfast, you get the three-course dinner, and you get everything you can imagine at the spot, looks like. Uh, the Langham in Boston, another nice hotel. Used to be the Ritz-Carlton in Boston, right there in the park. Uh, they'll give you a Valentine's uh, Day escape package, luxury accommodations, chocolate covered. There are those chocolate covered strawberries, always important. Uh, 60-minute Harmony Massage. Um, they call it a Harmony Massage. Uh, use of the indoor pool and fitness facilities, rate, uh, rates begin at $470 $470 per night per room based on double occupancy. You can book, actually, uh, this Valentine's Day deal any day in February, any night in February. Check it out at boston.langhamhotels.com. And the Langham Huntington in Pasadena, also a former Ritz-Carlton, by the way, in a very sylvan, lovely setting. Um, they'll give you deluxe accommodations for a night rose petal turned down uh, where are those chocolate covered strawberries up breakfast in bed via in-room dining complimentary valley parking rates begin at 259 a night not bad for lovely pasadena california well we're coming to the end of the hour always a sad time of the day for me because it means rudy max's world is coming to an end but we're going to do two more hours next weekend if you'll join me um i want to thank my producer anna Schofield, my engineer uh, jeff Ryder. And uh, certainly our stations, our affiliates. And just one note to end on. It's sad to report, but after 14 years as the face of Priceline.com's television ads, actor William Shatner is history. His character, you know him as a Priceline negotiator, perishes in a fictional bus plunge in a final ad as he helps tourists on that bus avoid a similar fate. The website's moving toward a more fixed-price travel uh, model, further away from its roots as a name-your-own-price website. So it's inevitable. It's Shatner's character would have to go. Don't shed any tears for the 80-year-old actor. Did it for 14 years. Got a bunch of stock in the beginning. That stock has gone from like $10 a share to, I don't know, three figures, three or $400 a share. Final ad may appear during the Super Bowl the wide away. Have a lovely weekend. See you next weekend here in Rudy Max's World.